Welcome to the Century Church Podcast with Dr. Patrick M. Quinn. You can find out more information about Century Church at www.century.church or download our app at the Apple or Google Play Store. My name is Patrick Quinn, lead pastor here at Century Church, and this has been a phenomenal series for us to once again think about the way in which we use technology, our phones, our computers, our iPads, tablet devices, whatever they may be. And uh, like James Keith had just said, we, are, we went through a seven-day detox, and so many of you tried that out. If you did not try that out, I want to encourage you to go back and take a look at that. And then last week, in last week's message, I gave you a challenge, and the challenge was to create a Be Present box. Now, if you missed it, you can still go back and create your own Be Present box, but we had several people put out uh, their creations on our Facebook page and, and share it and hashtag it, redeem the screen, and hashtag Hashtag Century Strong. And, and so I thank you so much for participating in that. But more importantly, I hope that it serves as a great reminder for our families for us to really be present. Now, I also told you that we would have a winner, right? A winner of the uh, Be Present box, and that was already announced. But congratulations to Bruce and Jamie Shelton, to their children, Christine, PJ, and Micaiah. What an incredible box they created, and I know that'll be some fun memories going forward. But today, we are closing out this series. This was a three-week series where we had a deep dive into Romans chapter 12, and looking into how we really could redeem the screen. In a way, we need to redeem lots of things in our lives, but this particular series was about redeeming the screen and taking a, a deeper look into how we utilize technology and the devices that are at our fingertips. And so today when we do that, I want to encourage you to go to the outline. You can go download the outline on the Century Church app. It's on your phone. Um, just go download it and you can follow along with me. But today's outline, the title of it, of the talk is The Screen Door. Because each and every week we've been looking at how the screen really isn't something that is evil. It's not evil, but we need to tame it. We need to find ways in which we can actually use the screen to benefit our lives and to really promote and benefit the goodness of God. And so today as we jump into it, I've got an interesting question to ask you. Something that I think is going to like knock us down for just a moment, but stay with me through the end of the talk. But we got to have a serious conversation for a moment because there is a lot of research and a lot of data that is being presented to us to tell us some things about our behavior and activity as we use social media. And the question that I have for you today is, what does narcissism have to do with our screens? What does narcissism have to do with our screens? You know, there is a lot of narcissistic people in the world. There's a lot of narcissistic behavior that goes on. But what good science is beginning to show us what behavioral scientists are looking at, what psychologists, scholars in the field of psychology are beginning to show us is that social media is having an impact on increasing levels of narcissism in people. That people tend to become more narcissistic as they use social media, especially they're looking at the, the way in which Facebook and Instagram now, I know that we don't want to hear this for some of us, but the way that Facebook and Instagram is actually creating more narcissism in each of us. 
the more usage that we have for it. And it's increasingly showing up, ladies, it's increasingly showing up that social comparison for women is active and gets aggressive and that that process of posting all of these things online and everyone looking at them and comparing them, especially the ladies, science is showing this, that it is getting deeply associated with a female narcissism, that this behavior is reinforced by the amount of likes or, or the times that you don't get a lot of likes that, that a person receives, and it's creating character traits that are leading us into deeper narcissism. You can go research some of this yourself. You can look it up, Google it, but there is beginning to be a lot of research out there about the comparison that people are having with one another. Your neighbor down the street, what they have and what they don't have. Uh, the, the way in which someone gets something or is on a vacation or, or their family looks perfect, right? And so we're having all of these issues where deeper narcissism is beginning to, to take place because then we jump into the fray. So we start participating in the way in which we, we do our posts online. We're changing the way that we're posting. And our posting online is beginning to look more narcissistic, more me, 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 look at me, look at what we are doing, look at the neatest thing that happened in my life or the newest thing that happened in my life, look, look, look. And so as that is happening, this narcissistic behavior is bleeding over into more and more people that are honestly, maybe we're not even aware of, we're unintentionally participating by going, that's obviously the way that we use Facebook, that we use Instagram is to post a lot of things about ourselves. And so today, as we look at this, there's also another term that I found very interesting as I did some of this research on this sermon. It's called sharenting. It's a takeoff parenting, but it's sharenting. And sharenting, to give you a brief definition of it, is how we grown-ups share all the things about our kids using our tech things. That some of us have gone way overboard in sharenting. And it is creating little monsters, if you will, of online. Like they are beginning to think that we must want everything to be online, that that's the way that our lives are to be led and lived, is that everything must be shared. In, in fact, I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you before, but I have seen this where kids actually are beginning to think that when they don't do something well enough that you share online, that you don't share it online, they must have failed. And when they do something that gets mom or dad to share it online, then they have succeeded. And so they are beginning to compare their lives to the way in which we put them on social media or we don't put them on social media, and that that actually is creating who they are and the things that they are striving to do to gain attention from mom and dad and grandparents and everything else. You can play with that all you want for the rest of this time, but you can think about the way in which all of us are probably even unaware of the impact that we are having with our children when we use Facebook and Instagram and share things with them. You know, and also not to mention 
potentially the future embarrassment, right? When they finally go back and they look at all the things that mom and dad shared about them when they were two years old and five years old and 10 years old and, and, and on and on and on and on. You know, I, I thought about this, that when we were little, when, when most of us who did not have social media, when we were growing up, it was dad or mom would pull out their wallet. Do you remember this? They would pull out their wallet and they would look, they would, they would show people pictures. Remember those little like clear, transparent things and you'd put your little Olin Mill photographs or whatever else and you, you would flip through them. And I don't know about you, but when your mom or dad would pull out the wallet and want to show you know, their friends or somebody pictures of the family and you're like, no, not that picture again. My hair looked awful. Like whatever it was back then, it was just a wallet. Today, today our kids, they actually have their pictures plastered all over the world wide web, right? All over globally. Anyone can look at their pictures. They live in a much different world. But also, you know, the real problem of all of this today that we're going to get to is that nearly everyone who uses social media presents unrealistic portraits of themselves. Isn't that true? Like we put out attractive photos. We, we put out the, the best news tidbits about our lives. And research is showing that regular users of social media tend to think other people's lives are better than their own and have an overall negative image of themselves. People that are, are constantly on social media are looking at other people's lives, and the unintentional consequence of this is that they ultimately think that their life isn't as good as the lives that they are watching on the screen, the best of what we have to offer, our most attractive photos. And you know who you are. You take like a hundred photos of yourself and Photoshop it and change it up and everything else until you finally get the right picture you want to portray to everyone online that really looks nothing like the real world, right? I mean, we always do this. We have all these posts that look nothing like what real life is, is like for us. And you know, when I started thinking about it and reading more about this, I think reality TV has a lot to, to do with this. It has made sharing our private lives online more acceptable and, and even expected, really. Like, we should participate in sharing our lives and the best of our lives online. It's almost an ex expectation with all the reality TV shows that are out there today. And so what ends up happening, and, and I, I've been just as guilty of this, and, and hopefully you'll have your own kind of moments of conviction with this, is that we share what we think will get the most attention or likes online, don't we? And, and really what happens is, most people don't share the whole truth. They don't share the whole picture. Okay, so let me give you a for instance, right? Like here's some just made up posts, okay? But these are, these are things that happen in our real life, right? These are just some made up posts. But here's post number one of where we're not sharing really the whole truth, right? Here's post number one. My kids are taking a technology break so that they can better focus on more important things. Hashtag parenting goals. The reality, what really happened behind the scenes and what really should have been the post is my kids broke their iPad and have no way to get online. Hashtag why we can't have nice things. But we don't tell that part. We make it sound like our kids are taking a technology break and, and we are awesome parents, right? Okay, the, another one. Here's a, here's a post. Dinner tonight is from our favorite restaurant. Hashtag buy local. 
when the reality, what was going on in our home was, my kids are driving me crazy, the house is a wreck, and I forgot to cook dinner, so we ordered takeout. Hashtag Jesus take the wheel. You see what I mean? We don't put the whole truth out there. And in some ways, we actually modify what really is going on in our lives. So let me ask you this today. How can we combat narcissism from growing in us while using our screens? How can we combat narcissism from growing in us while using our screens? The screens are not going anywhere. This has not been a series about, you know, we shouldn't use screens or we should back away from using the screens. No, we don't want to close and lock the door to our screens, but we need to attach a screen door so we can literally screen or monitor what goes in and out of our screens. So today, the conversation that, that I think we need to center around in God's Word is there is a real danger, and narcissism is a part of the social media world and psychologists and, and other behavioral scientists are beginning to see some of the impacts on the younger generation and even on ourselves and the way in which we are changing our attitudes and our character and our behavior is being bent in narcissistic ways by the overuse of social media in some very dangerous ways. And probably the number one danger that Paul was constantly aware of and talked about to his churches through the letters that he wrote was there's a danger of, with social media especially and our screens, of thinking we are better than we really are. Thinking we are better than we really are. When you're constantly taking photos of yourself and posting the best tidbits and, and the best parts of your life and the best vacations you take and everything that is the best, the best, the best, you, you tend to try to manufacture that is what these behavioral scientists are, are learning. And, and we tend to think of ourselves as only this, this digital self, this virtual self that has all of this best going on. And so there's a danger that we end up thinking we are better than we really are. And we've been in Romans chapter 12 throughout this series. And I want to pick up in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, and I want you to hear what Paul writes about this. He says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us, right? By the faith God has given us. You know, one way that you can, you can spot someone who is doing their best not to think better than themselves and has an honest evaluation is when they have a real clear understanding of God's grace. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, when someone has a clear understanding that they stand in the need of God's grace, that they are a sinner redeemed and saved by God's grace, that they need the faith of their faith in God to sustain them all the days of their life. When they look to God as the author and perfecter of their faith, when they understand that the grace of God is the only reason that they have the air in their lungs and their heart is beating in their chest. You see, 
Someone who has experienced the deep, profound, amazing grace. That's someone who's living into Paul's words of don't think you are better than you really are. They have a a clear reminder always that their measurement is not to one another via social media, but their measurement is to God, the one and only perfect God. And in that, we all fall short. Romans 12, 9, a little bit further on in the same chapter says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them, hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. What if through our social media time, we would stop pretending? What if, it, what if our real lives and our virtual lives actually looked closer than what they look like today? What if we stopped pretending and stopped posturing to one another? What if we were more honest and transparent? I learned this earlier this week, uh, last week in my 828 prayer, when I had my own moment of transparency and I wanted to shut the camera off. I wanted to end it because I wasn't in the best place. And yet some tears came to my eyes and it was a tough moment and, and I just kept rolling on through it. And so many of you were great encouragers. What if we were more honest and transparent? What if we were more who we really are and less a digital creation of who we really want to be? Think about that for a second. What if we became less of what we think people want to see on social media and more concerned with what God may want us to put on display for others to see? You see, the danger of our current behaviors on social media that psychologists are noting and that Paul would be very alarmed and concerned about is that we are thinking better of ourselves because we can put a version of ourselves out there that isn't really the whole truth, right? So what if we could use social media in a different way than what we currently are using it? In some, in some ways, you know, the, the next thing that we need to speak about is the way that it can be a blessing. But in order for social media to be a blessing, we got to actually live into a place where we stop cursing. We got to stop cursing and start blessing. If we really want to find ourselves using social media in some good ways, we need to stop using social media for comparisons. And we got to be careful not to be stumbling blocks to one another. We got to stop using it for comparisons, for our rants, where we get to hide behind a screen or debate somebody that we don't even know, honestly, and we get to debate behind a screen and we get to hide behind that, knowing we would never speak to someone face-to-face the way that we're willing to just speak to people online when we get to hide. You know, I don't know about you, but I was taught early on in the business world that if you're going to type a really tough email and say some things that are, that are tough for people to hear, that you should type that email, especially if you're going to rant, right? You type that email and let it sit overnight before you send it. And then oftentimes in the morning, it might cause you to edit it when you read it again, right? Or, or, or maybe delete it altogether because you're like, no, 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 I don't need to send that at all. What if we actually did that with social media? Because too often we just grab our phone and we ta-ta-ta-ta-ta and send it out there. And we forget that we're having conversations with real flesh and blood people 
and that it could be hurtful, it could be damaging, it could cause mental issues, and it could cause some real pain. You know, my, my, my mama once said, and I'm sure your mama has said this too, if you can't say something nice, then just don't say it. Maybe today in a tech world it should be, if you can't post something nice, then just don't post it, right? Like really love people is what Paul says. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. We need to stop cursing and start blessing. To actually be an encourager, to be a blessing. In order to do that, we're going to have to do something that goes well beyond, in my opinion, redeeming the screen. We're going to actually have to move to a place where we think about our virtual world and our physical world all coming together. It's not just about redeeming the screen. It's about redeeming the scene. And that's the third point of this talk that I want to share with you today is we need to redeem the scene. In Romans chapter 12, verse 14, Paul writes, Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Do you hear that? Like, that's an incredible word for us today. Is that we need to not just, not just uh, bless those that like us, but we need to bless those who persecute us. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. So stop cursing, be a blessing, and let's redeem the scene. Now in redeeming the scene, what does that look like for us today? What does it look like if you and I were to start using social media to redeem the scene around us, to redeem the culture around us, to actually live our lives with the tools and the resources and the talents and the skills and the money and the, the possessions and all of this that we have in our hands, including our devices? What would that look like for us to actually live our lives, to redeem the scene by redeeming the screens? You know, I came across this story that was really cool. It's, um, it's from this Liverpool soccer star. And uh, his name is uh, Sadio Maine, and he's from Senegal. And what was neat about this story that caught my attention was that um, Sadio Maine, he, uh, he was walking through uh, a crowd of people, and he had an old cracked iPhone. And some of the fan base of Liverpool apparently made fun of him. And when they made fun of him, they're, they're, they were making fun of him because they're like, why can't he like, have basically the latest, newest gadget? Why is he walking around with this cracked iPhone? And they were poking fun at this multi-million dollar soccer star. Well, after people had all their fun on social media, this soccer star took to social media himself, and this is what he wrote. He said, why would I want 10 Ferraris? 20 diamond watches and two jet planes. He earns approximately $10.2 million a year, by the way. What would that do for the world? And then he writes this. I starved, I worked in the fields, I played barefoot, and I didn't go to school. Now I can help people. I prefer to build schools and give poor people food or clothing. I have built schools in a stadium. We provide clothes, shoes, and food for people in extreme poverty. In addition, I give 70 euros per month to all the people from a very poor Senegalese region in order to contribute to their family economy. I do not need to display luxury cars, luxury homes, trips, and even planes. And then I love this last line that he said. 
I prefer that my people receive a little of what life has given me. To redeem the scene is what that soccer star is doing. And it's the opportunity that you and I have as well. You and I have a grand opportunity to live in the same way. You know, I don't know how you're using your social media, but I'm convicted today. I'm convicted with some of the posts that I've made in the past. Some of the times that I've posted things that could come across narcissistic. Some of the times that I've posted things that could communicate something other than the goodness of God or the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, I wonder for us today if it's time to do some things in our life. If it's time to tame our screens so we can redeem the scene. I wonder if it's time for us to make some real changes. Because I believe that this is the greatest moment in human history to communicate the gospel. There has never been a greater time than right now when we get to use these devices. One touch and we are all around the world. We can share and present the love and future hope of God at a moment's notice and put it out there for the whole world to read. We can share a picture that communicates love and hope and grace and peace. Let me ask you this right now. And I usually don't talk like this, but today I'm going to. What if, what if this is the beginning of the return of Jesus? For those of us that have read the Bible all the way through, we know that he is coming back, that Jesus will return, and that when Jesus returns, he's coming back in a blaze of glory. He came as a peasant born in a manger. He came as a lamb. When he returns, he's coming as a lion. Oh, when he returns, the whole world will know because the scriptures are very clear that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. What if this is the beginning of the return of Jesus? What if the trumpets are starting to sound via a global screen sharing opportunity, right? What if the word of God, now that can literally reach every corner of the world, on every screen, in every language, could now be shared to every individual person on this earth. Billions of people. Listen to me, church. Listen to me really clear. Isn't it about time for the novelty of this technology to wear off? The novel use of social media, the novel use of posting a bunch of pictures of ourselves all the time and our kids with no apparent reason. Isn't it about time for the novelty to wear off for all the comparisons and all the rants and debates about temporary things? Isn't it time for the novelty of this technology to wear off for the church to sober up and begin using the tools of this present age to introduce people to a world without end, to the everlasting love of God, to salvation found in Jesus. And if you are a baptized member of the kingdom of God, if you have said yes to following Jesus, you are the church. Isn't it time for us to sober up in the way in which we're using this technology? 
Isn't it time for us to rethink and redeem some things lest we become narcissistic and lead others into ways where they become more self-absorbed when the whole doctrine of Christianity is to be a servant, a selfless, sacrificial person, truly loving others and loving our God who has come to save. Isn't it time? You know, for us in the church, I just believe that it's enough, enough posting narcissistic self-indulgent posts that only point toward ourselves. Enough engaging in rants that lead people honestly away from God with politics and all kinds of other stuff. Enough debating with people that we honestly have no relationship with, just to prove a point. And enough making people feel like they're missing out because they're comparing their life to our online posts that don't really tell our whole story either. You know, when you think about it, there is a way to redeem the scene. And it comes in Romans chapter 12, this whole, this whole chapter. And if you want to know how you can move away from narcissism and more closely in line with Jesus, it comes throughout Romans chapter 12. In, in Romans chapter 12, if, if you want to know how to redeem the scene, this is how you could do it. It, it says in, in verse 4, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. And, and this is how, in verse 6, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Some of you are the truth tellers, are the ones who can speak out in faith with wisdom. And if that's you, that's how you can redeem the screen. It, in, in verse 7, it says, if your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. Some of you, you have an incredible ability just to serve at a moment's notice and use your screen and use other things in your life to serve well. Some of you are great teachers. You need to learn to teach well and do it maybe through the screen. In verse 8, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. Maybe this is a great reminder for us today that, that instead of those narcissistic ways that these psychologists are talking about people moving in, that today, think about how every post you make can be an encouragement to others. How every time that you put a picture out there, that it could actually be an encouragement to others, something that would give life and not suck life away. If it is giving, give generously. I love the power of social media today because when someone is in need, they're oftentimes we're watching people meet those needs, and that is such a beautiful use of the screen. When one person is found wanting and needing and desperate, and another person who has been given gifts of financial resources and they're able to connect through the screen. If God has given you a leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. Some of you are natural-born leaders, and it's time you use the screen. Not just for some novel experience, but to actually be a leader. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Use your kindness 
Use that gift God has given some of you. Some of you are just so much kinder, honestly, than others, right? Like you just, you just are a kind-hearted person. Let the screen be used for that, right? Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. What if we used this chapter every day on social media? Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Social media is a great place for a whole lot of gospel-oriented activity. For us to be able to encourage one another, pray with one another. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality, to be welcoming. And online, we need to create spaces where people can feel even more welcome. There's so much loneliness that is out there. Bless those who persecute you, so don't get into the rants and the debates. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy. Hey, learn to rejoice when good things go on in people's lives. I love it when people do post things that are happy about some great thing that happened for somebody, and people can rejoice with them. And then weep with those who weep, those who have great loss, and they share that. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud and enjoy the company of ordinary people. Don't try to become a star online. Everybody's trying to become YouTube famous. Maybe it's time to just get back to more practical ways to live our lives using the screen. Just don't be too proud and enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think that you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. What if you did that online, right? Don't pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. And then finally, Paul writes, Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. Know that God is bigger than any situation that even happens online. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Hey, the challenge today is simply this. I said in the first message that we've heard it said in church for many years, God holds the whole world in his hands, right? Somehow through the marvel of technology, we are holding the whole world in our hands. We literally are. We're holding the whole world in our hands today. The challenge is, do you want to be part of the solution? Do you want to be part of God's solution to bring love and peace and hope and joy to people all around the world? You can do it. You can be a part of the solution. But only if you live by Romans 12. If we try every day to strive to live by Romans 12. And so I leave you with this today. It's been our verse every week during this series. And so hear the words of Paul as we close today. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. 
This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let's pray. Almighty God, we bow before you today and we give you thanks and praise for who you are, for the life that you've given us, and for this incredible moment in time that we surely live. For we have the opportunity to present and share the gospel to every corner of this world. And you have brought us to this moment, God, through your grace and your love and your hope for each one of us. And Lord, as we hold these devices in our hands, as we find ourselves on social media and using our screens more and more, it's not going away. Help us, dear Lord. Help us to use them in ways that will be fruitful in your sight. Help us to use them in ways that will redeem the world around us. And help us, God, stave off evil from becoming narcissistic, from becoming too prideful. Help us, God, to live more and more into your grace in such a way that everything that we do, including how we use our screens, would go to glorify and honor you and bring about your kingdom until the day of your return, Jesus. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, Amen.